You're listening to the Blair List Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Blair List Podcast. I'm extra excited for today's episode because it is with my A1 since day one, my oh ride my God, or die, wait. my little sister, Jacqueline. Hey, guys. <laughs> What's up? My name is Jacqueline. You might have heard me um, get shout out a few times on this podcast. Thank you, Blair, <laughs> for the clout. So a few weeks ago, I put a poll on Instagram asking you guys who I should interview next. And a few of you guys actually said that someone should interview me. So I figured who would be the best person to interview me other than my sister. It was actually my idea. Uh, Just want to (laughs) clarify. I brought it up to Blair. I was like, oh my God, Blair, someone commented saying that you should be interviewed can I do it? And I think it was more of a conversation we were having. But yes, anyway, we'll give Jacqueline the credit. There. She was like, I should interview you. And I was like, well, that's actually a great idea because you've been here through everything. and Since day one. Literally since day one. And you've seen me go through all of the different phases. The good, in- the bad, the ugly. <laughs> all of the different phases in my life. So she prepared some questions for us today, which I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Please ignore any of the noise that you hear in the background. Um, Our parents are cooking up a storm for Sunday night dinner, which is a weekly tradition in our house. Yeah. And this is basically the quietest we could get in. Mm -hmm. So very true. In true Blairless fashion, we are kicking off this podcast with a cocktail. Hers is a mocktail. Except I'm 19, so this is a mocktail. Mine has tequila. Cheers, everyone! Cheers. 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 That was a cheers. So Jark, which is my nickname for Jacqueline, real ones know, <laughs> let's kick it off. Okay, so <laughs> I'm an avid listener of this podcast, so... And you were an avid... Okay, wait, 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 we need to go way back. So when The Blair List was a fashion blog, I had my own personal photographer. <clears throat> Me. <laughs> literally like eight years old being forced to take pictures of blair okay no i kind of loved it stop lying i loved it i loved it it. forced i it was the only time i could escape into my (laughs) creative realm when blair asked me to take pictures i was like you get on the floor i'm gonna stand on top of literally it's so funny i found an old memory card oh no from my old old camera tell me what was wrong with us what do you mean i had a vision i made you literally sit down i was on the ground people taking getting all the angles all the right angles sit down on on the ground with your hair laid out with like my (laughs) my business cards like in your hair what I don't even remember that. I can't. I looked at it. I'm like, what was wrong with me? Like, why did I think that that was? Why did I think that that was like a good thing? It was probably trendy at the time. Yeah, I guess. So anyway, all of the fashion photography photos that I had in my backyard of me wearing, you know, these terrible outfits. Jacqueline was the woman behind the camera. Yes, ma'am. So shout out to you. Thanks. She actually shouted me out. What do you mean, Jacqueline? I literally the, gave you photo credit. She was like, "Thanks for setting the dinner post. table tonight." And one of them, I was yes. like, "Oh my god, that was welcome. like eight years ago." Yeah, so obviously, all those posts are hidden because the outfit choices were just 
absolutely good. terrible. Kind of good. You remember those like purple flower pants that I used to always wear? Yeah. What the hell is wrong with me? I don't, it was a vibe. <laughs> you kind of liked it. A vibe. You just like put on some chunky hoops and like oh, walked out and it was good. It was good. so bad. Like Maybe like a blazer. I mean, I was in fashion school, so I thought that I was like being cool and like creating trends, but I really wasn't. Okay, let's begin. I'm so, excited. Like I said, I'm an avid listener of this podcast. So the first question is, where were you born and what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, very on brand. (laughs) So I was born in Miami, Florida, and I wanted to be a lot of things when I grew up. Um, It changed like maybe every week, but I think I really wanted to be an actress and a singer. Like if I could have one power, it would be to sing. Really? Like Mariah Carey style. Yeah, I feel like... Like music is just, I'm so passionate about music. I just always wanted to be around it. So like, that's why I went to theater camp when I was younger. Didn't you also pay or no, you called like the radio to go to those things where it's like, if you want to be on Disney Channel, call us. And then they charge you like thousands of dollars. My friends did that. Shout out to Jake. Oh my God. It was like JD Power or whatever it's called. And we used to like, there were all these commercials on the radio i'm dating myself and they would be like if you want to be on disney channel all you have to do is call this number so we called and we went through all the steps and then they were like okay but you have to pay us ten thousand dollars and my mom was like yeah that's ten thousand dollars yeah and then we were like this is clearly a scam so let's move on so then i ended up just going to theater camp my mom swears i went to theater camp with ariana grande i don't remember that actually happening but she does. I wasn't alive what was i alive Yes, you were alive. Oh, I don't know. We're eight years apart. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Jack and we're a so. day apart. Yeah, but you were born in 1993. But that doesn't make sense. We're a day apart. There's no half. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so then nine years, I feel. Jacqueline. You're 25. 26. Thank you 26. so much. 26. I'm actually 27. You're 27? Oh my God. And you're supposed oh, to yeah, be my 27. sister. Okay, I can't Okay, 27 this. minus 19. Eight. You're right. Eight years Sorry. You're questioning me like I'm not your older sister. Okay. Eight years apart. Okay. Thank you, Jacqueline. We're eight years apart. Next question. Okay. Next question. <laughs> um, okay. So I wanted to talk about a lot of stuff on this podcast that I feel like a lot of people might not know about Blair. So we're going to start There's a lot. from the beginning. And from the beginning, I mean high school. The most amazing part the of most everyone's life. The phase of my life. You don't want to see what I looked like in high school. <laughs> you, it was you bad. Like, did a little braid. Stop, uh, it's stop. okay. Like, I look back and I'm just like, who let <laughs> me out of the house? You did. But you have to understand, this was like before social media. Like, nobody knew how to dress. Yeah. There were no trends. It was just like, whatever you could find at Target. <laughs> yeah, basically. Basically. Um, okay, so um, the first question that I have is, or the first thing I want to, want to discuss is that... I feel like a lot of people don't know that you actually went to a Catholic high school and we're Jewish, just in case anyone (laughs) wants to know. Um, I went to a public high school and I'm the only one out of our siblings that went to public high school and Blair and our two other siblings, Alexis and Ivan. There's four of us, by the way. There's four of us. Um, It's Ivan and then me and then Alexis and then Jacqueline. I'm the baby. Um, Mm -hmm. So you guys went to Catholic high school. So do you want to tell me about that? Because I didn't go to catholic high school 
Yeah, so Catholic high school was a really interesting experience, especially for someone who went to like Hebrew school their entire lives. So um, it was interesting because I was trying to keep it on the DL for a while until I knew what the vibe was because there were only like school vibe. There were only like three Jewish kids in the entire school and one was half Jewish and the other one was my brother. So we were just like what is going to happen? Like, you know, we really went for the education because it was more of like a college prep school and I really did not do well in school. Prep so for college. <laughs> yeah, for college. <laughs> and my parents were like, yeah, she needs to go to a school that's going to help her because um, I needed the help. So it was a really interesting experience. I will say that my grandfather was not happy about it. Oh, yeah. But I ended up going anyway. And it, it was a really amazing experience because I think that it made me more well-rounded and more appreciative of other cultures and religions and that we're all really just human going through the same things, no matter where we're from or what we believe in. And I think that that was like a really important moment for me. And I also had like the best time because it was really it was a D1 sports school. Obviously, I didn't play any sports, but um, obviously we were we were number one. You weren't captain of the. I soccer tried team? out for every single sport, but didn't make it. Same because I did ballet growing up, so that was like my thing. But I think um, it was it was a really amazing sports school. So like we were number one in the country for football at the time. Like Nike and ESPN used to come to our school and what like shut down the field and everyone had a field day and all the classes were canceled. I was like, I could get used to this and I don't even play sports. So my school experience was nothing like that. Jacqueline went to public high school in North Miami. Yeah. Gang gang. Mine was like, which I went to public school my whole life up until high school. Yeah. And I even went to public school for, it's just for high school, just for high school. So I think that do you, do you think that like, do you think that like um, shaped you as like a Jewish woman or like did you face any oh my anti-Semitism? God. Like, like I'll never forget in Mr. Salazar's Spanish class, there was oh this God. kid, Max, who found out that I was Jewish and he threw quarters at me. Threw them like, at you? Like literally at me and I freaked out because I was just waiting for someone to <laughs> For try someone to me. throw some pennies. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to try me and he literally threw quarters at me and I got up and literally almost attacked him. And my Spanish <sighs> teacher was like, Blair. What are you doing? And I'm like, dude, send him to Mr. B. Oh my god. Gotta send him to the dean. I was pissed. I would be I definitely too. I definitely experienced anti-Semitism there. Um I I think it definitely could have been worse, but I'll never forget like my my first or second day of theology class, which is like religion class basically. I they were like, "Oh, turn to Corinthians chapter 3 verse 3." And I was like, what the stuff that you can remember no prepared, from high school no versus me, me. <laughs> you're Literally, like no you're like pull me. out the corinthian and i and i i'm looking around and everyone's like immediately knowing where to go and i'm like what is going on because we had to read it out loud so i needed to know where we were and then i turned to the kid beside or behind me and i was like how do you work a bible and he turns to me and you know what bible? he says I don't know. I'm Jewish. You're like, me too. I was like, me too. (laughs) And then the girl in front of me was like, you're Jewish? And like screamed it in front of the whole class. So my cover was blown on the second day when I was trying to feel it out. And then from there, everyone like 
kind of looked at me like I was an alien for a while just because they were like, what are you doing here? Isn't there a Jewish school you can go to? Like, why are you going to a Catholic high school? So that was really an experience. But, you know, I did everything that they did also. Like, I went to the masses. Oh, my God. I went. I didn't, like, pray or anything, but I had to sit there because it was every, part of there were, like, thousands of kids that were in mass. I, like, went to confession once. I remember Big those. mistake. <laughs> What did you confess about? It was so stupid. I, I wrote on an index card and I I wrote like, my mom was mad at me that I didn't make my bed this morning. Oh, yeah. I got into a fight with my parents. Like I came home past curfew and I got grounded. I was pretty much grounded like all of high school because my parents were really strict. And I remember going to confession and I thought that it was like superstar the movie when you walk in. Oh, my God. I love that And you that like movie. go into the wooden box with the priest and you're like telling him everything that's, that's he can't that you did you. wrong and he can't see you oh, right no. so i'm like cool i'll go in i'll see what it is i walked in to the mini chapel that was at saint thomas aquinas high school and it was two chairs facing each other no wooden box to be found you had to tell it to his face. and i was like oh my god what did i get myself into so there is the prayer that you have to say like forgive me father for i have sinned <sighs> and i didn't know see, the i prayer. don't know this i don't oh, yeah, know I any of this like, the hail mary and the our father like like it's my name, I know it. And I walked I know, like, in like the Pledge of Allegiance and that's it. <laughs> and I walked in and the guy was like, Hi, um, how are you? And I was like, Oh, I'm good. And then he like motions for me to start the prayer and I was like, Yeah, so um I'm Jewish <laughs> and he was like, What are you doing here then? And I was like, Oh well, you know, I have some things that I need to confess for and he's like, Okay, cool. Uh, but I really can't help you absolve your sins. But like, we love Jewish people. You guys are our brothers and sisters. So why don't you just tell me what you have written on your index card and then we can go from there. So I was like, oh my God, this is a mistake. And so I, I was like, oh, um, you know, I got into a fight with my parents. And then after I went down the whole list, he was like, okay, well, I'll see you later. Bye. Oh my God. And I was like, your sins are not Wait, absolved. so I didn't get repented for my sins. And I just had to talk to him and tell him like everything that i was sad about so it was basically it was a, a therapy, therapy session <laughs> and yeah that was a part of my experience at saint thomas that's crazy my high really school crazy. experience was not like that at i know all. looking back i'm like really brave of me to go to confession and like i also i wanted to go to the school because all of my siblings went and i was like i'm trying to get that same experience and my parents were like no you're going to public school but public school builds character mm-hmm you can say that again um okay so past high school i want to talk to you about your college experience because my college experience is very different you also went to school in another state i am in florida so i'm also in zoom university you are not in <laughs> zoom university yeah so um tell me about where you went to school why you went to school in new york what you wanted to do when you first went to school because it's very different than what you do now and kind of just like how it was living in New York City in your 18th, 19th, 20th year. So like I mentioned before, I wasn't really like a very strong school person. I would have much rather socialized with friends or go do like extracurricular activities. So I never got like the best grades. So I went to the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City and 
I wasn't the best in school. I really didn't get the best grades. I was much more of like a life experience person. Hey, Alexis. Our sister's making faces. Shout out. Alexis is in the back and she's nodding her head yes, that I wasn't good in school. (laughs) And I, when junior year came around, it was like, okay, you know, you have to start studying for the SAT. What scores are you going to, what? The SAT. Worst thing ever. Yeah. Which apparently, like now I don't think you even have to take yeah, it for Yeah, now scores. you don't even need to send your SAT scores, which is rigged because I had to send all oh, of them. Oh, don't mine. worry. They like changed the format of the SAT twice while I was in high school. First, it was like worth oh, 2,400 points. Oh, they changed points. the score and now it's 1,600. Yeah, it ended up, it ended up being a whole thing. But so I wasn't that great in school. And I remember when junior year came around, everyone was like in grind mode. It was like, you know, where are you going to school? What are your top three choices? And I just was like, I'm just trying to get into school, period. So I always had dreams of moving to New York City. That was like my goal in life because all of my family is from New York and I used to go to the city all the time. And I was just so enamored by how big it was and like the opportunities. And I thought it was just like the ultimate. Like if you made it to New York City, you you made it in life. So it was always my goal to move there. And then when I started researching colleges, I found the Fashion Institute of Technology. And I was always super into fashion, even though maybe I didn't have the best style. With the purple flower pants. Yeah, my friend Cassie used to like come into my closet and be like, you need to throw everything (laughs) out. Like she, she was like, I can't have you wear this. So I was always really obsessed with fashion and I didn't realize that you could actually go to school for it at this point. I thought it was like, you go, yeah, no, like you go to fashion school to be a fashion designer Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to be a designer. I wanted to do something with business and with marketing because I love like the human psychology behind it. So I found FIT and I saw that they had an advertising and marketing program and I was like, this is amazing. This is what I want to do. But before then, I actually, so in my past life, I was a photographer. There's past so, life. There's so many layers, Jacqueline. Yeah, there are. We're not going to be able to get through everything, I don't think. <laughs> there's a lot of layers, but I used to be a photographer and I used to photograph events all the time, like on the side, literally just had like a random Nikon camera and I would just like shoot pictures of everything. I would have photo shoots in my backyard of my friends. We would dress up and I would meet up with this photographer named Robin Hill, who we used to go to the same New Year's party every year. And he is the nicest guy and a really well-respected architecture photographer. And he ever so graciously met up with me at Starbucks when I was like 17. And he would help me with my portfolio. And I would print out these pictures at Walgreens, like little five by sevens and ask him his opinion. And he was like, oh, well, like they're pretty good, but you need to solidify exactly what you want to do. So I saw that FIT had a fashion photography program and I was like, oh my God, this is for me. Like this is for me. And I was super naive and didn't realize that people actually like studied photography and had, you know, extensive Photoshop skills where I'm just here like on my, my iPhoto, just editing saturation. (laughs) And you're like, this is it. I was literally just going to say that. Like all I did was just increase the saturation to a hundred. So I applied to FIT for fashion photography and I actually got denied. So I went to FAU for a semester, hoot, hoot, owls. And I remember being there for a semester being like, I can't do this. I can't do like the typical four year college experience. I was over it after a semester. I didn't care about sports or anything like that. I was like, I just want to start my life already. 
So while I was at FAU, I applied to FIT for the advertising and marketing program and I actually got in, Jacqueline was the one that told me the news. Yeah, I found the letter in the mailbox. Which, by the way, they wrote congratulations on the outside. Like, hello, give me some, like, buildup. So I'm surprised. It was a big envelope, though. It was a huge envelope. I think that already means that you got in. True. The size of the envelope. Right. So I remember I was super exhausted. It was finals week at FAU, and I was like burnt out from studying and pulling all-nighters and I had like two days left until I had to move home for winter break and I remember I took my last final I got a call from Jacqueline and she's like you got into FIT I'm like what are you talking about Jacqueline and she's like it literally says congratulations (laughs) on the outside and this is my goal forever so I was I literally just collapsed on the floor, I remember. And then I just started hysterically crying and I freaked out and told my parents. And then the, literally the next day, I had to pack up all of my dorm and move home for a month. And then I moved to New York right after that. You dipped. So it was a really fast Thing that happened and then I ended up moving to New York in January of 2012 and it was like dead winter by the way I'm from oh Miami God. I had no clue how to dress like zero clue how to dress you have, like for the one winter. pair of jeans no like like the coat I was like why am I so cold all the time like people just suffer through this but there was something called a down coat that I didn't know what that was mm-hmm. so I had like like a coat from a thrift store that didn't have any lining it was so bad so I ended up moving to New York and it was like the most amazing transformative experience of my life. And I really accredit New York for shaping me into the person that I am. I don't think that I would be as driven, as hardworking, as ambitious if I didn't move to New York and really experience the types of people that were there because it was such a melting pot. Miami really is such a bubble when you grow up here. Like everybody knows everybody. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows their business. Like everyone you know goes you grew to, up with everyone you here. grew up with everyone you all go to the same college and then you come back and then you start your family it's like a very predictable lifestyle and that was like my worst nightmare like I didn't want to do that I knew in myself that that's not what was meant for me so moving to New York like solidified that for me and made me feel like okay what I want is attainable and that just changed everything for me but you you wanted to work in fashion and now you work in marketing So I always wanted to work in the fashion realm because this was before social media, really. So if you wanted to work in fashion, you had two options. You either worked at a fashion house or you worked at a magazine. And by the time that I graduated, all of the magazines that I was into, like Lucky Magazine, everything, they were all folding because that's when like the digital revolution really Mm -hmm. came in with social media, like influencers weren't even a thing. I remember getting gifted like my first purse as a blogger. I had literally no followers. Oh my God, which purse? It was from a company called Corette. I still have it. It's like that Cheetah one that I have. Have you ever seen that? No, I remember you got gifted like a scarf. Like a bunch of stuff. And I was like, oh my God, I could get used to this. A cover up. You did like a giveaway. I was like, oh my God, she did a giveaway. Giveaway when I was like, 18 and that wasn't even really a thing yet so it was cool and basically like while I went to college I interned at BCBG 
and I was a sales and marketing intern. And I think that that really showed me like the business side of fashion. I had to like live in the closet there. I got to work with PR and I saw like JLo, you know, pulled a bathing suit from Hervé Leger, which was the department that I worked in, which was like the iconic bandage dresses. And Love those dresses. I know. And I had to like live in the closet and know where everything was at the same time. And like there was no organizational system and the dresses were super heavy. And I just remember like having to messenger things out and I was not paid at all. It was a free internship. So I got to really see like the grind. And I think that now New York doesn't do free internships. Like you have to. Yeah, you get paid. You have to get paid or college credit because there was like a during the time that I was, you know, in New York, there was a two people that worked at Vogue or they worked at Elle. It was a Condé Nast company and they sued and won for $2 million. Mm. And then Vogue cut their internship program. I had this like obsession with wanting to be the next editor in chief of Vogue magazine. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, looking back now, like really ambitious and yeah. Wintour is going to die in that position. Like she's a legend and maybe you can take over, but I was like really delusionally convinced that I was going to be the next Anna Wintour. Like I ripped out the byline of Vogue magazine and I crossed her name out oh and God. I wrote my name as the editor in chief and I put it like above my bed and every morning I would pray? wake up. What? You prayed to the magazine? To the byline? No, I just like would look at it and be like, okay, cool. That's coming soon. That's coming soon. And I coming used to tell soon. everyone like I was a crazy person, like very delusional being like in a good way. I mean, being like, I'm going to well, be you were the motivated. Next- what? You knew what you wanted. You were like, I was like I'm, I'm- going to be the next editor in chief of Vogue magazine. Like everyone knew that everyone who knew me at the time, because I was so adamant about it. And when I went to go interview at Lucky Magazine before it folded, I remember being interviewed and then it was in the same building as Vogue because it was Condé Nast, which is the publisher. And I remember finding out which floor Vogue was on. And I went to Vogue's offices and like had a meltdown of happiness. And I'm like, I'm going to be here soon. Like, this is the goal. And then like clockwork, right when I graduated, everything, all the magazines were folding. They, Vogue cut their internship program and everything was really transitioning to digital And this was a time when, you know, working in social media or doing digital marketing wasn't really a thing unless you were doing like paid ad sales for magazines. So all of these jobs that are available now weren't even a thought. It was like, what, what is a social media manager? Like, Mm -hmm. what does that even mean? So I, and and for me, it's like so many people are like, I want to be a social media manager. I mean, like, yeah, people want to do what you do, you know? Yeah. Like people like at my age see that as a career where you're when you were my age like a few years ago or 10 years ago so you're generous um, that like wasn't a thought no it wasn't i mean like my space was out and then instagram just came out like maybe my sophomore year of college and i remember like watching all these bloggers that are super big now that have like millions of followers i remember following them because they either went to fit or i heard of them and there were only like five at the time and it was so easy to get followers like they had three hundred thousand followers in like 2012 or 2013 so seeing them like grow into these full-fledged business women that have like clothing lines and careers and all these businesses that they have now because they started on social media so young was like so amazing for me to watch and i think that Working at BCBG, I got to see like the business side of things. And then when I graduated, I realized that I wanted to go back into the business side of things because there were no like creative jobs left. 
And although FIT was a fashion school, it's still a state of New York school. So I still had to do like four years of English, four years of math. And, you know, going back to me not getting the best grades, I was like, oh my God, why did I put myself through this? But then I also got to take like fashion electives and I took a PR class that like my my teacher was during the day, he was like the director of PR for Revlon Global. And then at night he would teach classes. And I just thought that that was the coolest thing because not only were we learning about it in school, but we our teacher actually like worked in the business and was able to tell us real life scenarios. So I forgot what the question was. But um, <laughs> the question was about how your college experience was. <laughs> so my college experience was all about me hustling like I never slept I worked full-time nine to five I would work take the crosstown bus to 34th and park and I worked for a digital marketing company that sold men's grooming products we had a subscription box and hair loss shampoos and like all of this random stuff and I used to work full-time during the day and I used to take night classes and during the night classes I would basically be in school from 5 30 or 6 until like 9 30 or 10 at night every single night and then I still had my blog at the time so then after that I would like write blog posts or in between classes I used to go to the the computer room in the basement and um write a bunch of blog posts about random things and I did that for like four years and then I also tried to have a social life so I was going out all the time and I was in the studio with my friends who were artists and just like like when I tell you not sleeping like I really didn't sleep I was just working my ass off for not even kidding four years and it was a lot of pressure yeah that's crazy I remember like watching you do it and like living vicariously through you and like every time me and our other sister Alexis would always talk about this how um whenever we would we were younger and we had to talk about someone that was like we like looked up to or whatever we would always write about you because like you lived because you lived in another state you were hustling you took night classes like i know i'm a little cute whatever it's fine um but yeah no like i remember watching you hustle and i was like i want to do that um but you know my college experience is online right now so i think also it was just a different time like I keep saying without social media, but like it was a different world when Mm -hmm. social media didn't exist. And I'm really thankful that during college, I was able to be fully present and I wasn't like... Social media existed when you were in college though. You were still posting on Instagram. Yeah, but stories didn't exist. It was literally Instagram and you had like... Like the editing apps didn't exist. It was like you take a picture on your phone and then use one of Instagram's filters and just like put it up and hope someone sees it. I got like three (laughs) likes. It was it existed, but it wasn't as big as it as is now. Big, yeah. So it was like, you know, you had it to just post and like be fun, mm-hmm. but it wasn't something that you can make money from. Yeah, very true. But that's so sweet. Yeah, you're welcome. You like inspire me sometimes or whatever. <laughs> um, Only sometimes. So we talked about like your internship, BCBG or Villager, how you wanted to work for Vogue. You went to school in New York. But I feel like something we haven't talked about is the fact that you also, for a short period of time, were very into like the music industry and like that was something that you wanted to do. You started like working with um, like the more the more um, social media grew, the more you were able to work with other influencers and then kind of get introduced to music artists and get invited to events and start working with companies. And I feel like that kind of like 
pushed you into a different direction because now obviously you work for Grey Goose. So I feel like maybe tell me a little bit about that, like the music industry, how it influenced your life, the people you worked with, um, stuff like that. Yeah. Great question. You might have a future in this. Um, I would say that it all started with my friend Busy Crook, who is good luck, good luck, a really talented <laughs> artist. And I, I was always obsessed with music and being the first person to like find new songs on SoundCloud and like back in the day when like Drake used to drop songs on SoundCloud and Party Next Door and all of these people before they blew up. And I remember. The Pyramids, which is a producer who's based in Miami, there was like a little scene going on here of producers and artists that, you know, were really working hard. And I remember listening to the Pyramids song that he dropped on like a mixtape and it was with this artist, Busy Crook. And I listened to him for the first time and I was like, who is this guy? Like, he's amazing. I need to find out who he is. So at the time, I was just very fearless. Like, I didn't care. I just would reach out to anybody. I would do anything just to, like, meet people and connect and stuff like that. And I I basically reached out to Busy on Twitter, and we connected. And I was like, I really want to interview you for The Blair List. So The Blair List started as a fashion blog, but then as I got more into music, I started interviewing, like, underground artists and... Yeah, and fashion designers because I was really just interested in connecting with people and like learning about their stories because I realized, and I mentioned this in the intro episode, that like everyone that I would meet, they were all the interns and the coordinators and the people like low on the totem pole, they were the ones actually putting in the work and they never got any credit. And so I wanted to use the Blair list as like a platform to shine light on these people and all the amazing things that they're doing. So busy was one of the first interviews that I wanted to do. And I reached out to him and I was like, Oh, you're from Miami. Like I'm from Miami. Let's link up. And I remember reaching out to his manager and he was like, Oh, we're, we're going to go to the studio tonight. Why don't you just meet us? And I was like, Ooh, the studio that studio text. I've never been to a studio. Actually. I have been one time with you it's where we went to, you recorded, I think a podcast with Vince Valhalla. Oh, yeah. That was the only time I ever went to a studio. Yeah, it was a little bit different because these were like OG studios in Times Square in New York City where like Jay-Z recorded the Black Album and Whitney Houston recorded songs there. Um, You know, Tupac recorded songs at Quad Studios. So Busy was recording his project No Hard Feelings. And I remember meeting him and me and his entire crew like instantly clicked and we became best friends. Like it was immediate and it was like we've known each other our whole lives because we had so many mutual friends from Miami. And literally from that day forward, like the rest is history. I used to be in the studio with them until seven o'clock in the morning sometimes, like after working full time, going to classes at night and then going to the studio, going to the studio and then like going home, showering and going straight to work. Like that's what I would do like on the regular and a lot of coffee, like cold showers and coffee were my thing. I remember when you interviewed him. Well, so I went to interview him and there was like another blogger that was like doing a piece on him. And I remember he was like, okay, well, we're going to take a break in between interviews. So you just chill here. And then I ended up not even interviewing him that night and ended up staying in the studio with them until seven o'clock in the morning. And I basically fell so in love with the process of making music and making a song. I had never seen that up close and it was like life changing for me, honestly, like to see 
an artist that I loved so much. Like I would just listen to his music all the time and actually see, you know, he puts the beat on and then he writes to the beat and then they master the track and they do everything. And like the vibe in the studio, everyone was having fun. And like, it showed me just like a different world of the music industry that I was never exposed to. Yeah. It was like, I was never exposed to that. And you don't see that. Like once you work in the music industry, you really see a different side to, to the industry that you wouldn't before. So Mm -hmm. long story short, because of that studio session, I was like, wow, I'm so passionate about music and there's a whole business side to it, you know, maybe this is something that I could explore. So I utilized the Blair list and I would just start like interviewing people and, you know, posting about them on my website. And that's really how I got into interviewing. And that's how this podcast eventually was born. Mm -hmm. So after that, I ended up working with different songwriters and artists on their social media like years later. And it was cool for me to apply like the knowledge that I learned from Busy and from like their managers and I got to sit in on label meetings with them and really see you know what the process what the process is and it was like so foreign for Mm -hmm. me like wow this is crazy I'm like in a room with a record label at the studio it was so magical and how old were you I must have been like 19 oh my god my age I'm definitely not sitting in record labels I'm like sitting in bed but yeah so that's kind of how I got my foot into music and also interviewing people and I remember that one time you posted on your um blog something about Kehlani I think like her new song that released or like a new album or maybe like a Spotify playlist or something just like highlighting um her music and then you like actually got a message through Instagram and like you got a really cool job opportunity from that because of something that you were posting. This is how social media comes full circle. So I was, I was like really avid posting on the Blair list. I was getting like no likes, no hits. It was really at this point, just like a hobby. And I really loved, you know, being the first person to showcase artists. And I, I loved Kehlani's music. Shout out Kehlani. Love you girl. (laughs) I ended up meeting her when I was like, 18 through my friend DJ and Zach and we met like before she had any music out and I just remember meeting her like wow this girl's a star she's so talented and I just like kept up with her music and would post about it all the time and I remember I would post about like Bryson Tiller before he was famous and then actually I was approached via DM on Twitter to work with Yes Jules Agency which was a really big deal at the time because Miami didn't have anything going on and this was before Miami's very built up now it's mm-hmm. very different than how it was you know even five years ago I moved back to Miami after college because I couldn't find a job because the marketplace was like changing all the time and it was so different and then I got a DM from Jules and ended up working with Yes Jules Agency. Shout out to Deanna, Imani, Colby. I remember Mel. I remember when she messaged you. That was when they were doing like the Viber chats and you got to like see the messages that were like you guys were having as an agency. And I thought that was so cool because I also had Viber because it's like it's like WhatsApp. It's like the same thing. People still use it? Um, I think. I mean, not so much, like not as much as WhatsApp, but it definitely at that time it was popping. And I remember that you guys had like a live chat where you could read like literally the messages between these people like working at an agency, working with artists like and it was crazy because like you don't really get to see like inside people's group messages, let alone people who work with like famous people and celebrities and like 
with big brands so i thought like that was definitely super cool something that like outsiders can see the inside for sure i think that it was interesting because it it wasn't like you were working in one specific industry it was like we had our hands in everything and she really you know blew up on social media Mm -hmm. and and that was like one of the first influencers to really make something a business out of it so we used to like throw events travel all over the country oh my god i have stories for days especially in miami i feel like she was a very big deal like her name was at the time yeah she was really the only person doing anything like the only promoter yeah like throwing events people my age knew about her and like we're in different generations yeah i think god make me feel old much sorry you're not old i promise and she started off promoting and then she ended up starting her own company and we we did everything from like event productions album rollouts i got to work with like heineken beats by dre kith adidas we would throw events all over the country we would travel to a new place every week we would do music festivals we would do everything and it was like a real crash course on the business what to do what not to do what you learned from it and I think that that really like excelled my career a lot Mm -hmm. because I got so much information in such a short amount of time and experience and and experience and I think that it really like molded my direction in life and like what I wanted to do because I never had access as a 21 or 22 year old girl like I never had access to work with such huge brands like that were global and you know seeing working with their agencies or working with the brands directly. It was really just like such an eye-opening, amazing experience. Okay, so we just discussed um, your high school life, your college experience, a little bit about your work experience. Um, And as your sister, I know a lot of the places that you worked at, a lot of the industries you got involved in. So I was wondering if maybe you can just walk us through your career path um, in fashion, music, etc., and kind of tell us where you began and where you are now. I will say that my career took me in a direction that I wasn't expecting. So I'll start off where basically in high school, I know I mentioned to you guys that my parents were really strict and I just was like dying to get out of the house. So I figured the best way to do that was to get a job. So in high school, I actually interned at a place called interview her which was an online blog basically this is back in 2010 maybe maybe 2009 and i found this amazing woman named jenny ortiz and she had this company called interview her where she basically interviewed different women entrepreneurs and business owners and i would listen to the recordings and write a blog post about it And I would, you know, get to know these women and we would throw events every year and have like pop-up shops and all of these things that are really common now that were really not common back in the day. Like this was having a pop-up shop where it's like a space where all of these amazing women came together. That wasn't really like a thing that was going on. So she was really a pioneer in that. And I basically wrote all of the blog posts for that website when I was super young And I connected with her and stayed in touch with her and did that for a few years. And then it led me to my next internship, which was at Hot Living Magazine, 
which is still a magazine in Miami today. And at the time, I was a junior in high school, and I used to borrow my mom's car and drive down to Midtown once a week. And Midtown was nothing like it is today. It was really just like standalone buildings in a really sketchy area that was underdeveloped. And I used to go to the Midtown 4 penthouse where their office was. And I would go once a week and basically just write articles for their website. And one time they basically gave me like three nuggets of information. And I had to write about this guy, Ugo Colombo's birthday party. And they actually ended up publishing it into the print magazine, which was like the coolest thing ever for me. And my mom framed it for me and I still have it hanging up in my room. And that was like my first intro into like the editorial world where I got where I was really fascinated with like the whole world of magazines and writing. And I was able to really hone in on those skills. And I realized that it was something that I was good at and something that I really enjoyed. So I wanted to pursue that a little bit more. And then I had other jobs, like I worked at Yogurtland, and I worked at a lot. Shout out Yogurtland. Blair <laughs> Shout would, out, I used to bring like tubs of yogurt. Yeah, Blair would literally be like, I'm bringing yogurt like, back what's your order, guys? You I would like bring tubs of yogurt home. No shame. I was so making, clutch. I was like making no money, and I was trying to save up before I went to New York. I worked at retail stores, babysat, camp counselor, like everything you could name. I was just hustling and trying to save money. And then after Hot Living, I moved to New York after all of these different odd jobs. And I started working at a digital marketing company called Salon Suticals. That's basically where I got into digital marketing. And it was an online company where we created, formulated men's grooming products. We had a men's subscription box and I worked there for three years because they had an office in Miami and New York. So I used to, you know, whether I was in New York or whether I was in Miami, I was working in their offices. And what about after? So after I stopped working with Jules, I actually started my own company called Casuto Media Group. Casuto Media Group. (laughs) Which is a play on my parents' old company back in the day. I wanted to like pay homage to them a little bit and I created this company where I was doing social media and marketing for different companies but I got back into the music industry this way because I started working with singers and songwriters and doing marketing and social media for them which was really cool because if you're a singer or a songwriter and you're like creating demos for artists like Beyonce and Rihanna and all these different people it's such a different world than working in the music industry like on a label for a specific artist it's really like you don't see you don't see the blood sweat and tears that go into making a song and like sorry but newsflash most of your favorite artists don't write their own music oh my god there's like getting real but it's true there's like amazing songwriters that are the minds behind these They're songs. the minds behind everything. Yeah, so it was really cool to see like these different facets of the music industry, but I did feel like as someone who started their first company, it was a little bit um, ambitious of me to be so young and have my own thing going on. I felt like I kind of needed a little bit more experience and a little bit more stability. 
Anyone who's been in that freelance life knows what I'm talking about. So I got an opportunity to work for a local agency in Miami. And oh my I got so many jobs. I didn't even realize <laughs> we're going down the list and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so I know. More. I honestly feel like I've lived 10 lifetimes because I've worked in so many different industries with so many different people. But I think that it's really allowed me to become like a more well-rounded person. So I started working for this agency in Miami and I got into like a completely different field, which was hospitality. And if you live in Miami, you know that hospitality is like the backbone of this city. Everything runs on like tourism, hotels, clubs, Mm -hmm. restaurants. And I was immersed into this industry, have never worked in this industry before. And I was exposed to like a whole new group of people of chefs and DJs and, you know, business professionals and entrepreneurs and I started doing social media and marketing for high-end hotels like the Miami Beach Edition and local restaurants in Miami like Coyo Taco, which is now like blown up and has locations in Paris and all of these crazy... Really? I didn't know in Paris. It's so crazy. They have it in like Dominican Republic, Paris, and and all these different places. And that's where you met Kat too, right? At this job. Yes. And Kat, who was on my podcast a few episodes ago, I honestly met like all of my friends at this job. We still stay in touch to this day and it's been really cool to see like them go and do their own things. And I'm telling you, like moving back from New York to Miami, I had to like rebuild my friend group. Obviously, I had my friends that I went to high school with, but everyone was kind of doing their own thing. And I kind of wanted to have like my own identity away from that. So I met literally my entire friend group at this job. And I worked there for about a year and a half and I managed all social media and marketing for, I would say like seven different brands at once, which was really crazy. And I decided like, this is a little too much for me. I don't want to do seven brands. I really want to channel all of my energy into doing marketing for one brand. So I, (laughs) I know I feel like I'm out of breath at this point. And I started working at Grey Goose, which is owned by Bacardi. Started from the bottom, now we're here, literally. (laughs) It was a huge turning point in my life because I was feeling very helpless. I felt like I was putting so much effort into something. I didn't know where I wanted to go. I was applying to jobs in LA and going back to New York and all these different things. And... I found this job posting online for Grey Goose, which I didn't know at the time was owned by Bacardi. And I applied to this job and I didn't hear back. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to apply to it. If it's meant to be, it'll be. I put no pressure on it. It was really difficult to land a job like that with, yes, I did have experience. But if you're looking at it from like a corporate perspective, they're like, who is this girl? Yeah, like, what What do you mean you worked in all of these different industries? Like, it wasn't as concentrated as someone who maybe had a like lot more... Like, going up a ladder, like... Yeah, like, know. had a lot more corporate experience. So, I interviewed at Bacardi, and I had, like, a month of interviews. Yeah. I ended up getting the job, I'll never forget, Woo! the day before Valentine's Day, which is almost two years ago. It's so insane to think about. And... I found out that I got it and it was like pouring rain outside. Like the, the person at the company called me and I 
was at my current job. So I went outside to take the call and it just started like torrential downpouring. Like I couldn't even hear them because the rain was so strong. And they were like, oh, well, we want to offer you the job. And I was like, yes, yes. (laughs) Like, I don't even care what the terms are. Just yes, I'm down. I was kind of at that breaking point where I was like, I'll move to a different state. I don't care. I need to, you know, break out of this bubble that I'm in because Miami is kind of like such a bubble. And I ended up becoming the social brand manager for Grey Goose. Working for such an iconic global brand has transform the way that I handle business, the way that I conduct myself in a corporate setting, the way that I learn and connect with others. And really, I just like worked my ass off, to be honest. And I felt like it was the break that I needed. I agree. I'm shaking my head. I agree. (laughs) So once I started working at Grey Goose as the social brand manager, I basically did all content production, social media management, community management, copywriting. So pre-pandemic, of course, you were traveling a lot when you first started working with Grey Goose. So I just want to know like what your favorite place was that you traveled to and why? You know, tell me all the deets. It's a tie between London and Paris because at this point... What a tie. Are you kidding? I'm like Blair in Paris. Yeah, literally Emily in Paris season two cast me in. Oh my God. (laughs) Social media manager in Paris. Like, hello. Oh my gosh. I know. I didn't realize. (laughs) Okay, so to end the podcast, I just want to ask you a few rapid fire questions. Ooh. Um, A few of these were sent in by our listeners on instagram so shout out to you guys um so the first question i'm going to ask is what's the biggest misconception of a social media manager people think that if you work in social media you're just like posting on instagram all day long and there is so much more that goes into it like you have to think about the type of content that you're producing the tone of voice that you want to write your caption in to make sure it's on brand the community management that you do, meaning writing back to your fans or followers through DM or comments that they're posting. You have to take a really hard look at analytics and data of what content is working, what's not working, and sort of like pivot your approach to social media. I think it all depends on what your main goal is, but if you're a brand that's just looking to grow in all aspects, I think that it's important to really look at your insights and your analytics And there's a lot of free platforms. You can even use the analytics in the back end of Instagram to really understand your audience, understand their demographics, understand what they're interested in, what they're looking for. And you can categorize your posts based off of how many impressions, likes, or shares that you're getting and just create content based off of your highest performing content. So it is a very like data-driven, analytical industry that kind of gets overshadowed by the fact that you're posting on Instagram but you know I'm also doing like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube and oh the audiences are so different for each platform you kind of have to cater how you're speaking, what you're posting and platform. the content that you create based off of each platform. Like I don't write the same thing on Facebook that I'm writing on Instagram because there are audiences with different demographics. So I think that overall, it's it's a lot more analytical and data-driven than people think. Whoa. I mean, I, I get it also because 
um, as an avid Instagrammer, um, <laughs> I do sometimes think like when I see big companies post on Instagram, I'm like, oh, their social media managers chilling in bed, like just <laughs> tapping away, like scrolling through Instagram for her job, like getting paid. Um, but then like, you know, I made my Instagram that business profile and you get to see like the people looking, the people like tapping on your profile, tapping on the tags, like looking at. You can monitor literally everything like active on your profile. It's a lot of like analytics. Yeah. You can monitor literally everything a user does on your profile. Crazy. It's pretty crazy. Um, Another question, which I think is like more fun is who's your dream guest? I mean, besides me, obviously. (laughs) Well, I have my dream guest. Oh, nice. You know, someone asked me this on Instagram and I was like, who is my dream guest? And I think... There are a lot of people that I would love to interview, but I think my dream guest would have to be Anna Wintour. Oh my God, really? Just to make it like a full circle moment, how I wanted to be the editor-in-chief of Vogue and getting to interview her where I think would just like make my life, honestly. Mine would be um, Eugene and Daniel Levy. Love them. Obsessed with them. Schitt's Creek is my favorite show. Mine too. Um, and one last question. Um, Ooh, last question. Last question. Make it count. Um, so as we all heard, you started working towards your goals from a very young age, like younger than me. And I just want to know if there's any advice that you would give to, you know, people my age, young adults who maybe feel like their dreams are maybe unattainable or unrealistic, especially given like the circumstances that we have now, like there's a lot of job opportunities that you know, you were able to have that I'm not really going to be able to have because of COVID and just the pandemic and everything. So um, if you could give give me some advice, um, <laughs> I mostly just want to know what to do, um, then that would be appreciated. I would say that you are not defined by your circumstances. If you are passionate about something, don't ever let anything or anyone stand in your way. Don't ever let anyone's opinion of what you should do with your life affect your dreams, your goals, and your passions. I think that when you find something that you're passionate about, there's nothing that hard work, determination, and a positive attitude can't get you. Listen to yourself. You have all of the answers within you. And I think that when you get that gut feeling of like, wow, this is something that really ignites a fire within me or something that I'm really passionate about, you need to go for it. No matter what anyone tells you, your wildest dreams are possible. Amen. Woo woo. Woo. Okay. Is this the end of the episode? I'm really sad. I had so much fun. Me too. I really hope you guys enjoyed listening. I'm so appreciative of my little sister joining me. She really knows me better than anyone. And honestly, like anytime I want to know if something is cool, I always go to her. Because she knows... You're flattering me. I'm so serious, though. Like, I always text you. And I'm like, do you like this? Is this cool? Like, what do you think? Because you're always, like, on the cusp of what everyone is doing. Like, you're in your... In with the trends. You're in with the cool kids. Oh, my God. I'm not And if you think it's cool, then... Shit, I think it's cool. (laughs) Seriously. So, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me interview you. Of course. Anytime. And... Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that we answered some of your questions that I got on Instagram DM. I really appreciate you guys making it this far because I know this episode was really long and I hope that (laughs) me talking about myself for an hour didn't bore you. 
And as always, if you guys have any other questions, feel free to DM me, email me, reach out to me. I'm here for you guys, especially during this time. And thank you. Stay tuned for another episode dropping next Wednesday at 5 p.m. We're also on Apple Music now. Yay! Bye. Bye. Love you, Dark. Love you. Woo! We did it! <laughs>